Brought to you by Modelo. Oh. What up, brawlers? Welcome back to Throwing Hands. It's Jacob Janoski, and Danny and I will be previewing Fight Night, uh, Watterson versus Hill. Danny, how you doing? I'm doing great, man. How about you? I'm doing great. We're just going to kick it right off here. Billy Quarantillo versus Kyle Nelson. Uh, what are your thoughts on Quarantillo? Uh, Billy Q is an interesting guy. He uh, is coming off a win over Spike Carlisle. Uh, and Spike Carlisle, if, if you saw that fight, is obviously a guy that's constantly swarming, constantly on top of you. Uh, but Billy Quarantillo is a guy that has only had a couple fights in the UFC, but he's been really composed when he's been in there. Uh, he, he can finish guys on the ground. He can knock people out. Uh, he's got a really long record of success uh, on the regional circuit. Came up through the Contender Series late in 20, or really the middle of 2019, July 2019. Uh, had a third-round knockout there. Uh, got a triangle choke in his first uh, UFC fight. And then took that Spike Carlisle fight to decision. He's a really composed fighter, which, I, which is something I really like about him. And, and he can handle himself on the ground. Uh, he's a very precise striker. Uh, but he, he's a well-rounded fighter with a lot of experience uh, that brings in an interesting kind of mix into the UFC with uh, how composed he is and the way that he fights because his style is so diverse. Yeah, I, you pretty much summed it up completely. Uh, he has a, He's with a great team with uh, the Gracies down in their Tampa region. And he has he's a very quick takedown artist so Kyle Nelson really needs to watch out for that and he's always active he's never really just standing in one place he's always trying to do something and he's always on the gas so for Kyle Nelson I, I like this guy a lot he has some fierce combinations when it comes to uh, his fighting style he does like the grapple too he likes his ground and pound and he's super duper strong what are your thoughts on Kyle Nelson you summed it up really well this is a guy that's fought at both featherweight and lightweight he's coming down to uh, to featherweight uh, uh he came back down to featherweight in 2019. He's been there for his last two fights. Uh, he lost two in a row uh, from 2018 to 2019, uh, but then uh, just a little bit less than a year ago, got back on the right track, knocked off Polo Reyes uh, at fight night, Rodriguez versus Stevens. So uh, you summed his style up pretty well. I think he's a guy that is probably going to look to try to string a couple fights together. He's 29 years old, so he's really right in the prime of his career. I don't think he's ever a guy that's going to be a top 10 contender, but if he can string a couple fight wins together, get into that top 15, you never know what's going to happen to a guy. And Kyle Nelson's a guy with some talent uh, that can challenge some of the fighters ranked ahead of him, I would say. Yeah. I mean, I can't add anything more to that. So I think for Quarantillo, his, his, uh, his main key is to control the pace. Uh, he needs to stay quick and active, I believe. And uh, I think there's really not much to it. Just stay active. What do you have to say? That's the biggest thing. Billy Quarantillo is – he's a very active fighter in the first place, and like you said, that's going to be the biggest key. All right, so – and for Kyle Nelson, uh, control the pace. I think take Billy Quarantillo to the ground. I think Billy Quarantillo is too uh, uh, unpredictable when he's standing up, and I think Kyle Nelson should just keep Matt Bay on the ground. What do you have to say? Can't disagree with any of that. All right, predictions. Uh, I'm going to take uh, Quarantillo by decision. What do you have to say? Billy Quarantillo decision. All right, here we go. All right, so uh, Bobby Green coming off a nice win against Landon Venata about a, a little over a month ago, uh, coming up against uh, Alan Patrick. Um, 
What are your thoughts on Bobby Green? Uh, Bobby Green is just a monster of a human being, if we're being totally honest. Uh, he's, he's just – he's extremely strong. He's jacked. Blue, blue belt Brazilian jiu-jitsu, knockout power. Uh, he's not a huge guy comparatively, uh, but for, for the weight class that he's fighting in, he's massive just in terms of muscle mass, and that's what I really like about him. Uh, he, he packs a really hard punch. And he can submit people as well. He's got eight wins by knockout, nine by submission, nine by decision. He knows how to win fights a bunch of different ways. And you look back through his history, uh, just last month, that fight against Lando Venato was a fight of the night. He's a two-time fight of the night uh, a winner, actually, in both of his fights with Lando Venato. And he's actually a submission of the night recipient as well. He's an exciting fire, uh, fighter. Excuse me. He packs a serious punch. But when it goes to the ground, he can handle himself there, too. Uh, I can't really disagree with anything you said there. And he was a little calmer in the Venata fight. I noticed that because, so. yeah, Venata can definitely uh, pack a punch. And he, he brought it to Tony Ferguson. So I think Bobby Green might want to take the same approach against this Alan Patrick guy who is, uh, who's a Southpaw Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt. But he has very quick yet unrefined striking. So if he's patient and finds his shots, I think he can beat Alan Patrick. But he has a hell of a chin. So it's, it might take a little more than one punch to knock this guy out. And he shoots quick. So what do you have to say about Alan Patrick? Uh, Alan Patrick is an interesting guy. Brazilian uh, has actually not fought in, since, since October 2018 when he lost to Scott Holtzman. Uh, he's, been, he's just had a, kind of a run of bad luck. Uh, he's had fights postponed. He's had opponents pull out because of injury. Uh, he's, he's had to uh, withdraw from events. Uh, but uh, you never know what's going to happen. Bobby Green wasn't even originally in this fight. It was supposed to be Rodrigo Vargas across from Alan Patrick, uh, but I think he's finally going to be able to get in the octagon. Black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, uh, like I said, has been practicing it for a really long time. He's from Sao Paulo, Brazil. So he's been fighting since 2018. He's been a professional in the MMA uh, circuit since 2018, or excuse me, since 2008 uh, in, the, in Brazil. Has fought for jungle fight. Uh, was 10-0 before coming to the United States and joining the UFC. And he's still 15-2. and two. He's not fought in almost two years, but he's 15-2. and two. He's a guy with wins over some legitimate guys in the UFC. He's coming off that loss to Scott Holtzman. But we really don't know what we're going to see out of Alan Patrick in this kind of situation. Uh, he's 37, so he's an older guy. I don't think he's the kind of guy to, to push for a top 15 ranking. But you never really know when you haven't seen a guy in almost two years. And I'm excited to see what Alan Patrick brings to the octagon. Yeah, I mean, I'm not even going to add anything to that. You summed that up perfectly. So I think the keys for Green, I think he has to be patient and up the pace a little bit against Alan Patrick. Keep Alan Patrick on his toes. And when Alan Patrick tries to come in with some uh, crazy strikes, just he needs to pick his shots. I think if Bobby Green just tries to flurry him, I think Patrick will shoot and bring him to the ground. So I think Bobby Green's best option is be patient and look for, pick his shots. What do you have to say? Uh, you hit the nail right on the head. All righty. So what are your keys for Patrick? Uh, for Patrick, I think he's probably going to try to look to get this on the ground. That's probably the best move in my opinion. Bobby Green can handle himself on the ground. But uh, like I said, Patrick's a, a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. is an outstanding, outstanding uh, submission fighter. So if this one goes to the ground, I would give him the advantage there. Uh, but you never know. Like I said, you haven't seen this guy in two years. I don't, you don't know what kind of condition he's going to be in what he's done with his striking since 2018. So it, it's hard to pick a path to victory for him. But judging by what we've seen from Alan Patrick in the past, he's going to want to take this to the ground. Oh, for sure. And so on to predictions, I'm going to take 
Bobby Green by decision. I think he's going to stretch his fight out a little bit, uh, but keep the pace up and just not let Alan Patrick take him down. What do you say? Bobby Green, KO. Ooh, I like it. So to the next uh, event uh, of the main card, the third one, we have Ed Herman versus Mike Ma- Rodriguez. Mike Rodriguez coming off a, a nice win over Marcin Procneo three weeks ago. And he didn't take any damage, so he's right back at it. What do you have to say about Mike Rodriguez? Yeah, Mike Rodriguez, a really impressive knockout uh, against Marcin Procneo, as you said, just a couple weeks ago. Flattened him with an elbow, finished him on the ground with punches. Uh, Mike Rodriguez, we've talked about this before, in terms of measurables, is freakish when it comes to his length and his reach. So he's a guy that if he can put it all together, can get that, can get that uh, reach and use it to his advantage and still strike with power from distance, then he's going to be an absolute monster. I think we saw him take a step forward against Procneo. And like you said, he's turning around quickly, did not take a lot of damage in that fight. I'm excited to see him get back out there. Yeah, I am too. I mean, uh, he has, he's a very patient and powerful striker. So Ed Herman really needs to be on his toes. And speaking of Ed Herman, this guy is a, a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt, strong grappler. He has 13 submissions in his career. So he, he knows how to get it done on the ground. Uh, coming out of a good team, out of American top team, Portland. Slow striker. Most He has a very nasty overhand right, though, so Mike Rodriguez needs to look out for that. What do you have to say about Ed Herman? Yeah, Ed Herman's just one of the most experienced guys on this roster. He's uh, currently the second longest, has the second longest uninterrupted tenure on the UFC active roster. Uh, made his promotional debut there back in 2006. So at the age of 39, Ed Herman has not seen any – there's nothing that Ed Herman has not seen in the UFC. So he's not going to be surprised by anything Mike Rodriguez throws at him. And he's got the skills to be able to handle just about anything. Uh, definitely. So I th- on to keys, I think for Ed Herman, it'd, be, it'd obviously be in his best. It's just to slow the pace and go to the ground for this one. And keep uh, – uh, dang it. Ooh, I misread oh, my notes. Um, anyway – um, keep oh keep center control of the octagon because he's not going to throw a lot of volume. So I think if he wants to gain some points when he's not going to the ground, I think he has to maintain the center control. What do you have to say? I can't disagree with that. He's going to have to to keep Mike Rodriguez uh, from just striking from distance and finishing it that way. I think he's going to have to get in close. I think if he can score a takedown, uh, he might be able to keep Mike Rodriguez there. That may be a good path uh, for him to try to take to get a win here. Uh, but Ed Herman, like I said, he's a savvy veteran. Uh, anything he tries, I think he's going to be able to keep up with in case Mike Rodriguez, in, unless I should say Mike Rodriguez just absolutely stings him early in this fight. Yeah, and speaking from Mike about Mike Rodriguez, I think his best bet would be to try to end this as soon as possible and not go to the ground and just be quicker than Ed Herman. Excuse me, what do you have to say? Can't disagree with anything you said. All right, uh, predictions. I'm taking Mike Rodriguez by yet another knockout. Mike Rodriguez, first-round KO. Ooh, all right. We like that. All right, to, to somebody we've talked about, Roxanne Motiferi versus Andrea Lee. Motiferi coming off a brutal loss to Lauren Murphy. Uh, Lauren Murphy was just stronger than Motiferi in that last fight. So what do you have to say about Roxanne Motiferi? I mean, Roxanne Motiferi is one of the best uh, fighters in the UFC in terms uh, of stamina, I would say. She's got 15 decision wins. 28 of her 41 career fights have gone to a decision. She always puts herself in a position uh, to win the fight if it goes all the way to the end. And she did take a decision loss against Lauren Murphy back in June. Uh, But still, she can wrestle. She can strike. She's a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt. She's a brown belt in judo. She's she's done it all when it comes to to women's mixed martial arts. 
So is she probably past her prime? I would say so. But she's still somebody that can compete with anybody in this uh, in this women's flyweight division. So I'm not counting Roxanne Motiferi out of anything. And we've got two fighters both coming off losses. So this is an interesting an interesting matchup coming here. They're both actually coming off losses to Lauren Murphy. Yeah, definitely. And I think both these two are looking to get back on track. And Motiferi, yeah, she's very well. She also has a little bit of a karate background. But the, her one thing is that she's a little slow on the feet. I think that's the only knock on her. But Andrea Lee, uh, she's one of the most well-versed fighters in this division. Brown belt in judo and Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Ah, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Black belt in Caillou Cushion and uh, Akur in Muay Thai. So she she knows how to do it all. It's just whether or not she can piece it together against Roxanne Modafferi. What do you have to say? Yeah, Andrea Lee has every level of pedigree that, that you could come up with. Uh, you, you look at all, all of the... Uh, kickboxing and judo and Brazilian jiu-jitsu credentials that she has and then you look down further and oh yeah she's a two-time Louisiana State Golden Gloves champion and a national amateur Golden Gloves champion she's got every ability uh, to just absolutely destroy people she hasn't gotten to that point in UFC she hasn't really been able to put it all together she came in with three straight wins and then has lost back-to-back fights to Joanne Calderwood and uh, Lauren Murphy uh, in the last year but Lauren Murphy or not Lauren Murphy, excuse me, Andrea Lee, has literally every tool it takes to be an elite UFC fighter. And if she can put it all together uh, and string some wins together, she's extremely dangerous. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to argue with anything she said. It's just a matter of stringing it together for Lee. Uh, so I think on to Keith, I think for Mata Ferry, she has to be a little more aggressive with Andrea Lee. She can't just wait and pick her strikes. I think Andrea Lee can just read everything because of her background. What are your keys? I can't disagree with that. Uh, it's it's going to be a pace thing for Roxanne Motiferi. I think she can't let Andrea Lee uh, just get right up in her face and, and try to finish this one early. The longer this fight goes, the better a chance Roxanne Motiferi is going to have. Yeah, and then on to Andrea Lee, I think control the, fu- control the fight. And I think her advantage would be standing up. But if she has to go to the ground, I don't think she's in any trouble. Um, I think just – Control is what she definitely needs to have in this fight. What do you have to say? Yep, pace control. That's that's the first thing that comes to mind. Yeah, definitely. And with the experience that Roxanne Motiferi brings to the table, that's going to be key. So on to predictions. I'm taking Andrea Lee by knockout. I think this is the one that gets her on track to that title shot. What do you have to say? I agree with that. Uh, she should have beat Lauren Murphy. 12 out of 12 MMA media outlets uh, gave uh, Andrea Lee that contest back in February. She should be on a two-fight win streak after Saturday, but she'll at least have one under her belt when she uh, finishes Roxanne Motiferi. I'll say by submission. I think she finishes her by submission. Ooh, I like that. All right, to, uh, to uh, the co-main event, Otman Azader versus uh, Kama Worthy, a guy we've talked to, a guy we had a nice interview with. You can check that out. I'll probably link it at the end of this video. But um, what are your thoughts on uh, Azader? Uh, Otman Azader, uh, interesting guy. Interesting guy from Morocco, as uh, similar to uh, Muhammad or excuse me, Yusuf Zalal, uh, who we've previously interviewed. Uh, a smaller guy, considerably smaller than Kama Worthy, at just five foot eight. Uh, but he comes in uh, the bulldozer, Atman Azaitar, an outstanding nickname, first of all. And he's got a ton of wins in a row. That's the thing that jumps off the page. He's twelve and zero as a professional fighter. He's got uh, just one win in the UFC. Knocked out Timu Pakalin. Uh, back in just over a year ago. So September of 2019 was his first UFC fight. Uh, he's a guy with 
uh, 12 wins by finish. He's uh, never had a decision, a fight go to a decision. He's never had a fight go the distance. Uh, he's got a couple submission wins, but he's definitely more of a knockout artist. He's knocked people out with kicks, punches, overhand, right. He's had one decision uh, win, I should say, actually, back in 2016. But this is a guy that likes to finish people, knows how to finish people, and has knockout power uh, just coming out his ears. This is a guy that, uh, for a smaller guy at five foot eight, uh, has packs a really, really big punch. Yeah, definitely. He, has, he kind of has a wild boxing style, and his his hands are super heavy, especially for a one fifty five pounder. He, he'll put your lights out with one uh, with one punch. And under our main man, Common Worthy, uh, striker, he's fairly refined. He does have heavy hands. He can put you out with one one hit too. He's a very decent uh, defensive wrestler, and he has very slick submissions. Uh, he's a pretty sneaky guy. So, what do you have to say about Common Worthy? Yeah, Common Worthy's a guy that can do it just about any way you want him to. He's got knockout power. Like you said, he's a slick wrestler. I like what he brings to the table. I think he's got a lot of potential. And I think his ability in the octagon is just going to continue to grow the longer we see him fight. All righty. So, to keys, I think for Otman and Zader, it's uh, be more calculated. I think Kamenworthy is just too refined of a fight of a striker and a, and a sneaky submission artist that if he, if he goes wild, Worthy might take him down and get his back. So, Otman has to be a little more calculated and uh, – refined with his punches if he wants to get a win here what do you have to say I would agree he cannot get wild as this fight goes on that's uh that's the biggest thing for me Zader's gonna have to be under control or uh Kama Worthy's gonna make him pay all right and what are your keys for Worthy uh Kama Worthy I think he controls he has to control this fight he can't let a Zader get to him early that's gonna be the biggest thing for me uh, if if Zader can land a big shot early, Kama Worthy might be in trouble. But like I said with Roxanne Modafferi, the longer this fight goes, the more of a chance to win Kama Worthy is going to have. And I think this is a fight that's going to get extended out over three rounds. I think Kama Worthy is going to be able to control this. I think he may even take it to the ground. Uh, that's a, certainly a possibility with his style. Uh, but Kama Worthy, if he controls pace and he cuts off the octagon, does not let a Zader get in close to land something with a lot of power behind it, he's got the best chance to win. Definitely. Uh, I, so for predictions, I think I'm going to take Common Worthy by decision. What do you have to say? I will as well. Yep. All right. To the main event of the evening, uh, Michelle Watterson versus Angela Hill, two people that you could argue won their last fight against Claudia, no, no, uh, Carla Esparza and Claudia Gadelia, uh, respective, respectively, however you say that. Um, what are your thoughts on Michelle Watterson? Uh, Michelle Watterson is a fighter that is always really exciting. She's a great striker. Uh, she's one of the smaller fighters in the UFC, previously fought Adam Waite, uh, but UFC obviously doesn't have that division. She's a straw weight, has been her entire time there. Uh, great striker, but actually some great submission as well. She's got nine submission wins, uh, three by knockout, five by decision. I think her, honestly, her submission ability is a little bit underrated because, you know, her nickname is Karate Hottie. You expect her to be a striker first and foremost, uh, but she can do it on the ground as well. Uh, so... She's extremely well-rounded. She's one of the most well-rounded women's fighters we see. She does not have a ton of knockout power. I think that's the biggest issue that she's going to run into and that she has run into in the UFC. Uh, but when it comes to finishing fights by decision, she's great. And if it goes to the ground, she can handle just about anyone. Yeah, definitely. And Michelle Washington, she does have a little bit of a wrestling background. And like you said, her ground game is very underrated. And she does have nine subs on her uh, – uh, what, what you would call it uh, – in her career. So – 
she can definitely get it done pretty much anywhere. Karate hottie, uh, she might as well call her wrestling hottie also. So to Angela Hill, Muay Thai, she's pretty much straight up Muay Thai. She has five knockouts and seven decisions for her wins. Super aggressive. And she has, she has very good defense when she's on the ground. So Michelle Watson might have a little problem with that. What do you have to say about Angela Hill? Yeah, you, you summed it up perfectly. An outstanding striker, like you said. Great Muay Thai background. Uh, has never won a fight by submission. She's not looking to do that at all. Uh, she's only had two losses by submission as well. So like you said, she does an outstanding job defending on the ground. Uh, Angela Hill is an outstanding athlete. Uh, she uses that to her advantage with her striking. She's a creative striker. She's outstanding in Muay Thai practitioner, as I said. She's just a very well-rounded striker, a very refined striker that's able to put people down when she needs to. For sure. All right, to the keys of the match for Michelle Watterson. I think Michelle Watterson needs to bring this one to the ground because I think Angela Hill is just a little too aggressive for Watterson when it comes to the feet. But uh, use, use, use a striking to set up some takedowns. What do you have to say? I can't disagree with that. Michelle Watterson is a great striker. But Angela Hill is going to be able to dominate this, I think, if it stays on the feet. Michelle Watterson has not finished a fight on the ground in quite a while, but I don't think she necessarily needs to. If she can take it to the ground, I think she will find an advantage there. All right, so for Hill, I think it's controlled aggression. She can't just go wild out there and just try to stay standing as much as possible. I think it's really that simple. What do you have to say? Yeah, I would agree with that. I think she takes control on the feet, does not get out in front of herself, and she needs to use her reach advantage. She's got a two-and-a-half-inch adva- two reach advantage and then a three-inch leg reach advantage. So she's got advantages there. And I think she needs to, t- to be able to use that to her benefit. She's an outstanding striker, and she's an outstanding striker from distance. I think she needs to keep that up. All righty. Predictions. I'm taking Hill by decision. Mm, this is a tough one, but – First career main event, I like Angela Hill. I like Angela Hill, I will say, by decision as well. All righty. To some news, the Poirier-Ferguson fight isn't happening. That, that broke my heart That's when I saw that. That's disappointing. Uh, that, was, that was a fight I was excited to see potentially happen. I think there's a chance it still happens down the line. We're just not going to get it as soon. Definitely. Uh, do you have any other news? Uh, nothing really jumps to mind. I mean, there's some comments between Paulo Costa and Israel Adesanya. Nothing really new there. Um, yeah, that's, that's about it. There's yeah. not a ton of huge news going on. Everybody's kind of waiting for that huge card at 253. Yeah, I don't really see much here either. Um, yeah. Um, I mean, uh, Katzenganu's coming back in Bellator. That's, that's really the only notable thing. Um, well, thanks for coming back on per usual, man. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Always a good time. All right, guys, we'll see you for uh, the next episode. It'll probably be an interview, but we'll see. All right, see you guys.